Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the No Like and Trust Show. Today, we have not one, but two guests. And yes, they are actually in business together, so it totally makes sense having two guests at the same time. And we only talked over each other a brief couple of times, which may or may not be edited out. I'm not actually sure. We'll find out really soon, right? Uh, But I'm actually really excited to have them on the show. I first heard about these guys on Chris Davis's podcast, All Systems Go, and thought, hmm, they're onto something. I really want to take more notes. And from there, I started following them and ended up getting connected with them. And now they are here on the No Like and Trust show to help all of us with something I've never talked about on the show before, which is a daily email marketing strategy. Yes, I said daily as in 365 days a year. And if you are two seconds away from clicking off this episode altogether, please don't. You can take what they're talking about and apply it to your business. Their own podcast, The Email Marketing Show, is fantastic. I've been listening to it for a little while, and some of the strategies they are talking about on there, how to set up different email sequences, take your audience in and out of the sequence based on their actual own behavior, and offer the most value possible to them. This is the kind of stuff that I really love digging into here on the No Like and Trust Show, because what could be better to build trust than taking somebody out of an email sequence that wouldn't serve them? So with all of that said... Uh, Rob and Kennedy, uh, as I said, they do host their own podcast. We'll talk about it a little bit in the interview. And they're also founders of Email Marketing Heroes. Their mission is to save the world from that grubby, old-fashioned email marketing that we have all grown to loathe and give us the tools to become the email marketing heroes in our own small businesses. So with that, let's hop into the interview and hear what they have to say. All right, Rob and Kennedy, I am so excited to have you here on the No Like and Trust Show. Hi. Hey, Brittany. How did you guys get to the place where you talk so much about email? Because most of the people I talk to, like email is a part of what they do, but there aren't a lot of people that really focus on just email. Right. I'm not very good at anything else. (laughs) That's how we got good at it. (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) In our opinion, nothing else gets the the results that email does either. We were talking about this the other day saying, what's the thing that you're going to do today to make sales in your business? And then what's the thing you're going to do tomorrow that will make sales in your business? And then the next day, and then the next day, and then the the next day. And the truth is that if you sit and look at the sort of digital marketing landscape, there's not a lot of other stuff. There's nothing else that gets the same results that email does. Like, for example, sure, you could go and post on your Instagram story every day and make one of those posts have a link to go and buy from you. It's not going to make your sales every day or, you know, posting on the grid, even less so. You could go and do a webinar every day, but you've got to fuel that webinar with people from somewhere. And that's a lot of work. You can run Facebook ads at your thing, but that takes lots of refining. And it's a bit of a, sure, you can retarget people, but like somebody lands on your page. And if they bounce, other than paying Facebook or whoever more money to get them back again uh, with retargeting, that person's gone now. Whereas when you, the minute you get them onto your email list. So the thing that really interested us when we started out our first ever businesses, which was as entertainers, as a hypnotist in my case, and a mind reader or a mentalist in Kennedy's case, the one thing we knew we could do that would get us sales all the time consistently was email. And at the time, we were lucky, I guess, because the reason why we knew that is because that was 15 years ago, more than 15, 16 years ago. And there wasn't really anything else you could do. Like email was what marketing, putting videos on a web page on the internet was really hard 
Like that was barely doable at the time. So if you think about how far we've come, unfortunately, the distractions that have been thrown at us as alternative possibilities, and up to this point, they're much cleverer than people than us, like you know, statisticians and people who work at big email marketing platforms and all that have figured out that up to this point, nothing gets the return on investment that email does. And that's the, both, both on time investment, money investment. So, yeah. I've seen some stats and I'm not going to claim that any of these stats are well-researched or, or, or entirely accurate, but I've seen stats that say that you make five times as many sales from email as any other venue, or you're going to get, you know, anywhere from, you know, 15 to 30% opens on your email. Whereas on Instagram, since that's what you mentioned a little while ago, you're lucky if 1% of your follower count is actually seeing the content you produce. Yeah, that's it. And, and I think one thing you've got to remember is that you also control and own the data with your email. Like, it's a bit scary when you think about, oh, you know, because we've put a lot of work into growing our Robin Kennedy Instagram. Like, you'll see that. And um, we put a lot of work into that. But that makes it more scary to think that at any point, Zooks can get out of bed and be a bit grumpy that day and he can twiddle the little knob of that. Because that's what the algorithm is, isn't it? It's just a little, little knob in the back of his, the back of his, in the back of that drawer. He just twizzles it and he changes the algorithm. And if he does that, you suddenly have a different reach. There's different rules of the game. And if something's really grumpy, if you had a really grumpy day, he can de-platform you. He can switch you off. You can end up in Facebook jail or whatever um, they're calling it these days. And if that happens, you can't download your Instagram followers and go over to MySpace and upload it there and go, that's okay, I can still talk to my audience. Imagine. <laughs> you just got to do it. Whereas... If you fall out with your email marketing provider, let's say you're with Active Campaign right now and you're doing some stuff and you make a mistake because you're testing some stuff out, which happens, you know, happens, you're playing with stuff and you fall out with them. Well, you just download your data and you go across and you open a, I don't know, keep account or something. You upload your data. You've still got a business. You are, are building and putting all this effort into something and you own that data so you can go and do something with it for the for if that platform has a problem or anything like that. So that's the really important thing. We want to be building something we can rely on as well. Yeah, 100%. I know way back when I first started in the online world, and this is going to date me here, but it's been a while. And I actually was using ActiveCampaign. I was one of those early users and I was sending something out and I was using like the same newsletter e style email template for all of my emails. And there was some lorem ipsum text like down at the bottom that I just missed one day. I just didn't see it. I sent my email. I was not double checking things clearly, but they closed my account. They didn't close my account. They banned my account from usage for a week. And I was like, I am so sorry. This was a clear, honest mistake. Like, look at my track record. It is not bad. I don't send spam. And they were like, nope, policy. That's how it is. And, and I understand why they have that policy in place. I get it. And, you know, that was back when people were sending spam with lorem ipsum text, right? So it probably didn't look too great, but it gave me a really good slap in the face. Like, oh, one, I should probably check things more often. But two, this isn't necessarily something that I can just slap together. I need to actually put some strategy behind it. And, you know, like you said, maybe have some backup plans ready to go. It's one of the reasons why we simplify everything that we do, you know? So like if your newsletter is so complicated that you need to have like a pre-built template full of Lauren Ips and stuff in it, for us, it's too complicated. Whereas if you can sit down and have anything other than like a hello and, for, you know, dear such and such and signed off by you, um, 
uh, then for us, that's a really simple thing. Like we write emails that you can write in a few minutes a day, even if you're a terrible writer. Kennedy's dyslexic. That's why he started sending daily emails years ago before we had a business together. Um, And so even if you're a terrible writer, you can write them in a matter of a few minutes a day because they are so simple. And you're just, it's a bit like, it's just, you know, it's easier than sitting down on holiday and writing a postcard and sending it back to your loved ones at home, even though, you know, you're probably going to land back in the right, in your country before the postcard lands because postal services and stuff. It's easier than having to think of what you're going to write in this postcard. That's going to be the sun is lovely and everyone is nice. The food is delicious. Like you, you remember how, that, like the struggle you have to go through to figure out what the hell do I even write on this postcard to send back to my grand, right? It's easier than that because like the, the sort of structure that we start with as a starting point is really easy to in, implement. So I think that's a really good transition to talking a little bit about making email an enjoyable process because most of the clients I've worked with and then also the greater audience of the show, I know that one of the reasons they are not regularly and consistently emailing their people is because they they have that feeling of not knowing what to say. And because it doesn't naturally flow from them, it starts feeling a bit like a chore. So how do you guys handle that? I think the first thing to remember is to have this switch around in mindset, we don't want to email people to tell them about what they can buy, right? In fact, one of the best things we can all do is stop emailing people to tell them about our products. Because if all we ever receive from you is an email to tell us what we can buy, the only time we're going to open emails from you is when we're ready to buy. So it doesn't matter if you get, if you become an amazing copywriter and send the best emails ever. No one's going to see those emails if the only people who are opening the emails anyway are people who are going to be wanting to buy anyway. So like it's kind of a waste. What we want to do instead is we want to email with really genuinely valuable content and see your email marketing as a content channel, not as a sales channel. So your email marketing is a content channel, like it's another app. Most people are reading their emails on their phone these days, which means it's just another app snuggled in between TikTok and Tinder that people are checking on their phone, which means if you show up with valuable stuff that they actually like, well, guess what happens? They start opening your emails. It's a really good way of increasing your open rate by actually sending content people like. So instead of emailing when we want to make a sale, we want to sell our latest, hey, we've, you know, when we put together a new, I don't know, a new post in our free Facebook group, the email marketing show community. When we put a new post in that, we don't be like, hey, go and check this thing out. We need to be showing up so that the moment people are ready to buy, we are there at the top of their inbox. Case in point, I was trying to hire an electrician to come and sort out some of the lightning for my studio, right? And I met an electrician about two years ago and he's like a really cool guy. I really like what he was talking about and the way he worked, right? And I was like, okay, this is cool. I've got no idea what his name was. No idea. I've searched my email inbox for electrician. No, I just couldn't find him. If he had been in my inbox regularly, a few times a week, even like if I'd heard from him in the last year, it would have been great because I could have found his email. So he did all the hard work of turning up to a networking event and, and meeting me on that thing. And But he didn't do the easy bit of just staying within arm's reach so I could hire him and pay him for that work he did all that year, those years ago for that long-term relationship. And I think part of the problem with that is that we think people don't want to hear from us that often. So that electrician will think, well, of course I didn't email you every week, uh, you know, or every month or three times a week between us meeting and a networking people. Because 
people only want to hear from an electrician when they want an electrician. It's only if you tell them, if you if you if the content you're sending them is the content you think they don't want to receive. So I think one of the things that we should really do is get into the mindset of saying, right, I'm going to email people and I'm going to make those emails good and interesting and stuff. I'm going to send it to them regardless, irrespective of whether I've ever got anything to sell them. And I'm not going to send the emails to make sales. I'm going to send the emails to make connections. And the selling will sort of happen as a byproduct of that. Because when they're ready to buy, they'll buy. Or when I'm going to launch mode for that new thing, the, 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 the connection and the relationship is already there. You know, I think it's such a good point. Something that kind of brought it home to me I have a, I, I, I do regularly email my people and it's not always about things to sell. So, you know, I feel like I'm halfway there, right? But one of my recent podcast guests ended up buying one of my entry-level products and I saw the name pop up and I, the name sounded familiar. I double-checked. Oh yeah, I, I was correct. It was someone who was going to be on my show in a few weeks. And uh, when we did pop on for the interview, I was like, hey, I noticed that you you bought this. And he's like, yeah, I hopped onto your, you know, your lead magnet and ended up in your engagement sequence. And it was actually something that I'd been thinking about working on in my business. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to talk with her anyway. I may as well try out the product. And it was as simple as that. And, you know, because we were talking later, he had all the opportunity to offer questions and and, and give me information about that, which was fantastic for him, you know, the, the close personal touch there. But it was 100%. Oh, top of mind, there it is. Let's just go. And it wasn't that I was sending an email about the product itself. It was casually mentioned within an email that made sense. Right, right. Yeah. And that's about like just creating that context, making sure that when people are getting your emails, there's context to them that you're you're serving their needs, you're serving them. Like, don't think of your emails as you've gone around to their house and sat on their couch. That's not what this is. Like, you're not the person showing up every day going, hey, do you want to buy my thing? Here's my annoying content. Like that, those people who put those flyers through your door. That's not what your email list is. And I think a lot of us with a small business have got into that mindset of where the one doing the intruding. Not true. In fact, it's the other way around. They've joined your email list. They've come around to your house, which means if you say in your welcome sequence, hey, I'm going to turn up every single day with a really good tip to help you improve your email marketing. And they go, oh, no, I don't, that sounds horrible. That's the equivalent of them turning up your house and going, oh, this decoration, that, that color of green on the wall and this couch are horrible. Guess what they can do? They can leave. They can go out because it's not, they're not going to sit and tell you, change that and don't do that. And I hate that. And I don't like cats to lock them away. No, instead they get to leave. It's your house. You can, you can email people five times a day if you want, if that's what you promise people in the, in the beginning. And that's the, that's the thing. Like one of the best things we do in our business to grow our email list. I know everyone wants to know how do you grow an email list? Like here's a cool tip. Tell people they can get your emails. So for example, our highest converting lead magnet is, is absolutely get our free daily tips about your email marketing. We will send you a tip every single day to tell you how to improve your email marketing. And if you want that, you can get them. We're not even going to charge you for them. And that means when we show up every single day, we're not like a surprise in fact, if we don't show up every day, people are going to get upset. In fact, they did. I was flying back from Las Vegas a couple of years ago because of time differences and uh, delays on flights, because that's the thing, right? I couldn't send my email that day. And we got people saying, hey, what's happening? I thought I was going to get an email from you today. Are you okay? Are you dead? 
you know, those kind of things. Um, so if we make the right promise and we remember that it's our house, they come into our house, you make the rules and some people won't like it. That's okay. I have heard from many people that, you know, you have a certain percentage of people who are going to subscribe and then unsubscribe fairly quickly. And that's normal. And you should actually celebrate it because what that means, and and I talk about using content as a filter, right? What that means is they hit the wall of your filter and they're like, nope, not for me. And they did you a service and it's a good thing. Yeah. And there's no point in having a list of a million people that you're too frightened to email because that's just costing you money and making you none. Uh, so if you just get over the fact that every time I send an email, some people are going to unsubscribe, that's perfectly okay. We know that some, somebody will unsubscribe from every single email that we send. But if I don't send the email, I also can't make the sale to the people who didn't unsubscribe. So like I'm willing to take the hit of somebody unsubscribing or a few people unsubscribing in order to make the sale to the person who couldn't have bought if that email hadn't landed that day. Because a lot of this is about slowly sowing seeds until the penny drops for that person, that the thing you teach or the thing that you sell is important. It's urgent. It's important and urgent to them now. And that now is the time, the right time for them to do it because they've got the headspace, the finances, the everything to do it right now at this moment. And it's one of those things where if you send 12 emails a year, then you've only got 12 chances a year, like once a month, you've only got 12 chances a year to throw down a, you know, a seed and see if that's the one that they bite onto. Whereas if you send 365 which is what we do, uh, then you've got 365 chances to go, is this the thing that's going to make you bite? No. Okay. Is this the thing that's going to make you bite? No. Okay. Is this the, and none of those things are offensive or going to push people away, are going to annoy people. They're not selling, 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 selling. It's all done with value-led stuff and interesting things and stories and quirky bits that mean that actually they're perfectly acceptable for people to read, even if it takes all 365. We've got people who've been on our list for three or three years and haven't joined our membership, the league yet. That's okay. They just haven't heard the thing that they need to hear to make them realize it's for them. They will one day. I love that. And I mean, obviously you're on team daily emails. I've, you know, listened to a fair number of people who who say the same, but they tend to be copywriters, you know, like the Justin Goffs and the, the Ben Settles of the world, right? And and that's not so much your background and where you're from, but you're still sending daily emails. And I mean, what is the I mean, for lack of a better way of asking, what is the content of your emails looking like? Are they short and snappy? Are you going with more of a story-based approach? Like how how are you actually creating 365 days of, of great email tip content? Well, first of all, we initially, we sat down and thought like, what if our emails could actually be valuable of themselves? What people could look forward to them? And also, how do we do that? If we're going to do it every single day, we need some shortcuts. We need some hacks to be able to do this because otherwise... We'll decide not to do it. We'll put it off. They'll be terrible. They won't get results. Like all these terrible things. So how do we overcome all of those things? We just ask ourselves, but what if we did? And what if we could? And what if what? How would that look? And so we have a whole bunch of frameworks that we use. One of them, so we have four different actual frameworks for an email. One of them is uh, is this. I'll give, I'll give you this one. So for example, what, one of the things we definitely want to do in our emails is be training our subscribers to be clicking the links. Because if we don't, Human behavior, if you look at our psychological background, right, is if we're training, if we're not training them to do something, we're training people to not do something. So we may as well be training people to do a positive behavior. So that behavior that we all want in emails is definitely going to be clicking links. Two good reasons. One, if they're not clicking links, they can never see your sales page or your, your application form and they can never buy from you. So we want to make sure they are doing that. Secondly, because we cannot rely on open rates anymore since iOS 15, they're now, you know, Apple have 
now blocking open rate. Well, actually, they're doing the opposite. They're telling you all these people have opened your emails and they absolutely haven't. And Android are doing the opposite. They're blocking open rates. So your open rates, uh, they mean nothing. So now what we can rely on, though, is clicks. We know that person clicks. It goes through a bunch of technology that makes that reliable. So how do we make sure we can have clickable links without being obnoxious, without always feeling like we're withdrawing from the bank of goodwill from our email subscribers? And how do we make sure we're turning up with value? in a way that they actually want to hear from us. So we've got four different formulas we teach in, in a program of ours called the Bottomless Email Strategy, but here's one of them. You can literally just go and use this. We call it the Story Lesson Offer Framework. It's a new definition of SLO, which most people know is the self-liquidating offer, but Story Lesson Offer. And basically, the whole email is maybe 175 words, maybe 200 words sometimes. So yes, it is short and snappy, but it's also the story-led approach. The first thing is to come up with a story, and that story needs to have nothing, really absolutely nothing to do with what it is you sell. Because if you just show up and talk about what you sell, people stop listening to it and you will run out of things to say. There's only so many ways you can talk about your product. How many benefits are there? How many outcomes are there? How many features are there? Like you'll run out of stuff to say. We don't want that. We don't want that. You don't want that. Your audience, your subscribers, they don't want that either. So you come up with a story. And so for us, it might be the fact that Rob, during the, the COVID-19 pandemic, bought a new mattress for his bed. That was what happened. Now, bear in mind, he's thinking about, I'm going to send this email to my list about email marketing. That's got nothing to do with email marketing. Great. But it has got something to do with something our audience can relate to. That is a relatable experience. But buying mattresses, buying things online, we can kind of get that. He wasn't talking about, I was just doing this thing on a rocket that you've never heard of. Like, that's a bit of a weird thing. It was extremely relatable. Then what we do is we take that story and we transition that into what's the, the moral of the story? What's the sort of lesson that we can give to our audience based on that story? So in this case, I bought a mattress on the internet, but the problem was when you can't sit and squidge a mattress and find out how comfortable it is, how do you pick a mattress? End story. What's that? Two lines? Short. But it's interesting. Then you transition into this lesson, which is, by, in our case, for selling stuff about email marketing, it's buying anything on the internet is difficult. When you can't feel it, hold it, sniff it, and lick it, how can you sell anything on the internet? There's a high level of resistance from all of our audiences to doing that. So what we need to do is come up with really compelling ways of communicating that allow, allow people to understand why they should buy. <gasps> okay, that's a nice soft lesson from that story. It's the moral of the story. And then we transition into the offer, story, lesson, offer. And the offer can be a free thing or it could be a paid thing. It could be, hey, come and check out our membership, the League of Email Marketing Heroes, where we teach you how to do that. Or it could be, hey, I've got this new lead magnet. It's called Click Tricks. It tells you how to get more clicks from every email you send. And then we show you how to do it in that, whatever it's going to be. It could be to your podcast episode. So for us, it might be a paid thing. It might be to the email marketing show podcast. It could be anything. But it follows that formula of story, lesson, offer. And why this works so well. One is you cannot run out of those stories. Here's a little psychological mind hack for you to figure out some stories. We teach like nine of them in our full program, but here's one. And this is really effective. It's the one we use a lot. And it is to ask yourself this psychologically stat question. And it's, what's the least boring thing that happened in the last 24 hours? And when you ask yourself that question, you're not, you're not setting yourself up to fail. You're not setting yourself up with, 
the question of what's the most interesting thing, because what does your, what do our silly minds do? They go, well, nothing interesting ever happens to me. Of course your brain does that. But if we use this psychologically start question of what's the least boring thing, you'll pick the least boring thing. You'll always have something to say. But also by having story lesson offer, Offer is the bit where you withdraw. It's the bit you, where you have a little take from your list and you ask them to give you something. Story and lesson are two pieces of value, which means you never have the additional cognitive load. You never have the additional mental calories to burn of, hmm, is today a day where I can write an email where I'm giving? Or can I actually ask for something today? Can I make an offer a day? Or do I have to show up with value? You don't have to worry about that because every day you do story, lesson, offer, you are automatically giving two pieces of value and outweighing the offer two to one automatically without having to think about it. So when you sit down and write your email, all you got to worry about is, or not even worry about it, on your way to the, open up the laptop, think, what's the least boring thing that happened in the last 24 hours? Start writing the story before you even know what the offer is going to be, before you even know what the lesson's going to be. Write the story. Then you'll figure out what the moral is. What's the, what are the, um, what are the uh, sort of, the things you need to serve your audience with, what are the emotional needs of your audience, as we call them, that you can serve through that. And then how? And that's, the, that's the moral of the story. That's the lesson. And then you transition it to that offer, which is here's how my paid service or my freebie or this week's episode of the podcast helps you do that faster, easier, cheaper, whatever. I love that. I mean, it's definitely the basic framework I follow for the majority of the emails that I send. So it makes it super applicable for me and hopefully for the audience as well. But I really, really want to just kind of circle back to what you said that you never have to worry about whether you're going to give or ask. And I think that's such an important piece of what you said. So I want to highlight it because I know, especially if people are still struggling with that idea of, am I showing up at their house or are they showing up at mine? It's a really good reminder that you are offering value every time that you send. So even if you do have an offer or an ask, and even if you start out feeling awkward about that, you're always offering value so that the balance is always two out of three. And it's just a really good way to go into this strategy feeling good about that. Yeah, that's why we love it. Well, wonderful. Um, well, you guys, I think this has been really great. I know that you have mentioned uh, casually amongst our conversation several of the ways that people can work with you. I heard about like you know click tricks, your your league membership. Um, what what is the the number one thing you'd like to tell people about, and and maybe how they could contact you in the future? Yeah, definitely. So we'd love to give you a copy of our Click Tricks report. It's, as Kennedy hinted, 12 really great ways that you can dress up the links and the calls to action in your emails to make them interesting, exciting, and different. So it's not just click here, click here, click here, over and over and over again. So if you want to grab that, just go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash KLT, uh, emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash KLT. Uh, T, have I got that right? Yeah, KLT. Yes, KLT. And yep. uh, if I say in the words, it'd be fine, but the letters, I screwed myself over. Uh, yeah, forward slash KLT. Um, go there. And if you like podcasts, which I'm assuming you do because you're listening to this, you can find our podcast, The Email Marketing Show, wherever you get your podcasts and you'll hear us wittering on every week about email marketing in a funny, off-the-wall manner. Um, well, I've listened to several of your episodes already, and it is 100% what you guys just said. I love how you start off with little fun stories. And now that I'm actually connecting the dots, it's exactly what you were talking about with your um, SLO framework. So that's awesome. Uh, thank you, guys. Rob Kennedy, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks for having us. All right. Thanks again to Robin Kennedy. That was fantastic. And obviously, you guys heard me pick their brains about a few questions I've long had specifically relating to how to consistently show up every day. And that 
right there, that applies to your content strategy, your email strategy, really anything that you're doing in business. So I hope you guys took all those really good takeaways, the different methods that you can have, the the slow method, all of that was just so on point. So if you enjoyed this episode and you have not yet rated the show, please hop onto your favorite podcast platform and rate and review this show. Yes, it helps me because it helps me get more reach, but it also helps your colleagues and your future clients. If they already have this kind of information at their fingertips, your job working with them will be a thousand percent easier. So with that said, see you guys next week. 